Welcome to the Life Launch Podcast. My name is Heather Borsma. I'm a certified business coach who helps mama entrepreneurs double their business with more heart and less hustle. Want to learn how? Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Life Launch Podcast. I'm here today with a client and friend, Yanni, and she is the founder of First Person Research. She is a qualitative market researcher and a design research coach. She's worked on global brands in fast food, personal care, beverages, pharmaceuticals, financial services, mining, tech comps, and humanitarian aid. Wow, you did a lot of things. (laughs) And she is also a mom of two girls. She's a wife and she lives in Pretoria, South Africa. And Yanni's been a part of our business launch community since November 2022. And she's here today to chat with us about business, being a female small business owner, and all the things that come with trying to balance work and life as a mom and a wife. And then also we're going to chat a little bit about business launch and how it has impacted her and her business. So thank you for being here. Thanks, Ada. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you said yes. I know it took you like a moment to like decide, do I want to put myself in this situation? (laughs) It is a very very vulnerable situation in a way. Yeah, I'm glad you said yes. And first of all, before we jump in, I know I read the official bio, but is there (laughs) anything else that you would like to share about yourself or your business? Well, I started out uh, with a psychology degree and I did research psychology and I worked um, at, a, at a big research company and then I joined a small qualitative research company. I lectured at university and colleges and yeah, then I started um, this business, is it nine years ago? I think nine years ago. Oh, I didn't know all that about you. I didn't know you had a psychology degree. I didn't know you were a yeah. In universities. That's pretty cool. So what made you decide to go from working for a corporation to doing business on your own? Well, I have the longest memories, even from school, that I wanted to have my own business of some kind. I had no idea what I wanted to actually do there, but I imagined nice outfits and beautiful stationery and being the boss. So I've just always wanted to have a business um, and it ended up being research. Cool. Do you so do you have the stationery? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I love that that was part of the vision, like from it really was <laughs> outfits, the stationery, and being the boss. <laughs> yeah, and doing meaningful work and being creative and yeah. yeah, and now that I'm a mom, I realize that now I I really am in in charge of my own schedule, and that's that's really wonderful. I've got so much freedom. That's um, probably one of the biggest benefits, hey, of being your own boss and running a business is that you get to make your schedule. You get to decide when you want to take a day off, or if you need to bring someone to the dentist, or all of that. Those are some of the benefits. What have you found to be challenging about being the boss? Oh, Heather, you know. (laughs) I know, but the people don't. (laughs) Um, Admin, administration and financials, keeping my taxes in order. So every six months, I've got this existential crisis where I need to submit interim tax reports and things. And then 
Yeah, it's it's like, don't I learn? Are we going to do this again this year? That was one big breakthrough that I had this year with you in coaching. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I've been in business for, well, as a coach for about five years, and I still feel like I just hope that I'm doing everything right when it comes to taxes <laughs> and bookkeeping. Like, and I don't really know. And I'm like, is there going to be a point at which I feel more confident in this because I've even got like a bookkeeper and an accountant like I've hired great people that's crazy because it's not an abstract thing it's literally something that needs to balance it, it's got a right. very very strict and correct standard against which you can know if it's correct or not right so it's crazy to say that you feel and you hope that it's correct yeah I have no idea There's all of these emotions around it that shouldn't be so the breakthrough for me in coaching was finding that powerful thought of removing shame and mm. saying this is a series of tasks that you know how to do, that you have time to do. Wow. And that just made all the difference to me. That and deciding to just spend money on putting systems in place. So a lot has now been automated. I've got really good people that I'm working with yeah. to help me with that. But it's we, we put these rules um, down for ourselves these random rules that come from I don't know where and mm -hmm. we just hold ourselves to these things that are not really actually necessary that's so true I hope everyone hears that the thought was this is just a series of tasks that I know how to do and that I have time to do that right there could probably help you know if you're listening and you have a business think of any area in your business where you're struggling, could you believe a thought like this is just a series of tasks I know how to do and I have time to do? And I'm learning how to do. Right. Yeah. Because we get so overwhelmed, I think, by something we don't fully understand or fully feel confident in. And then we just, like you said, we put it off and then feel shame. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Why am I not doing this? And now it's like this whole big thing that I've let pile up as opposed to just going, I can figure this out. This is a series of tasks and I have time. And it came back to my, if you think about what is it I'm doing here? I've got a business and that what's the difference between a hobby and a business or a favor and a business is that I'm making money out of this. Mm -hmm. So how do I know I'm making money? It's like self-care. It's almost like gardening. It's it's um, doing something that I'm that I love and just spending time in that garden, in that business, working on it. So it's actually been a complete uh, switch for me. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit and tell me about how you first found business launch. And this is such an interesting question because I don't even think I know the answer. Well, that's a useful information to have if you could business. <laughs> right um, and I Maybe think I we can all learn from how you do how you did it your journey your my, how I discovered you um, Heather because it was I, I was looking for a business coach for a while and I considered a few I met with two and none of none of it made me feel hopeful and made me feel like myself and then I just wish I could remember how I exactly found you on Instagram but I started following you and you were so generous in the free content you shared. So I could literally just recommend to anyone, just follow Heather for three months and you'll learn so much already that you can just apply. If you just go and do that work. But I found your aesthetic and your content so beautiful and hopeful and intentional. And it felt to me like this is not 
the positioning isn't there's something wrong with you and I can fix you if you pay me money. That's just not how it was. It was um, there are just some things that you haven't learned yet. Here's my curriculum, very clear steps, work through this program and then, yeah, you'll know these things. And that's exactly what happened. Hmm, That's amazing. So what were some of the kind of key takeaways, lessons that you learned through the program? Okay, so I, I remember my very first coaching call, the very first question I ever asked you was, you said on Instagram that we're supposed to feel our feelings. Why? And then secondly, how do you do that? Mm. <laughs> so feelings is a big learning for me. And I, I don't know if that's the same for everyone, if it will be the same kind of level of breakthrough that you can get through that. But just I've lived, I lived my life for 42 years until I met you and did this program without acknowledging emotion and it's Mm. not like the emotion isn't there it's still there and it's um, doing all kinds of things to my productivity but um, I thought they were just things that are getting in the way and but now using these tools just naming them feeling them and then it's over in a few minutes and then you can actually do the work instead of wasting half a day so that's been absolutely life-changing for me wow And I just want to interject there because I think it's so fascinating for me being in this kind of pocket of business coaching where I'm really focusing way less on strategy and way more on helping people feel their feelings and manage their mind and regulate their nervous system. And I think some people hear all that and go, how are those two related? Like, yeah, why do you need to feel your feelings as a business owner, what is the point of that? Shouldn't I just like be better at marketing, be better at copywriting, Mm -hmm. be better at selling? So can you tell me a little bit, like, I know you said that one was pretty transformational for you, but what did it allow you to do and what result did it create in your business? Learning that thoughts are thoughts and not objective reality. So if, if we think, if we take the taxes as an example, having a big box of receipts I thought there's this big box of receipts and it's so much and it's just a huge mountain. And you said to me, that's a thought. It's not an objective reality because if you go to a big supermarket or a big business, those number of receipts might be what they do in a day. So it's not an objective reality. It's a thought. And the moment that you realize that these things in your mind are just being offered up to you and you can decide which thought am I going to go with, it makes such a big difference. It, I, I've got this big document. Um, every time I, I, I get to a real challenging situation in my life or my business, I can actually use this um, this model and coach myself off a ledge and realize, okay, well, look at that. It's not how I thought it was. Um, mm. And then you can actually continue with the work. That's so, so good. But- when there's a challenge, then instead of getting just totally overwhelmed or discouraged or frustrated. That's the emotion, right? So much of what holds us up in our business is an emotion. But if I can acknowledge, oh, there's a story that's creating this emotion. There's a thought that's creating this emotion. And I can evaluate what I'm currently thinking and then decide to think something else. Not necessarily something that sounds like perfect and lovely and easy, but just something that sounds less overwhelming. Right. It makes you feel hopeful. Yeah. And I can create a different emotion in my body, which is going to motivate me to show up in a different way. I think the number one thing holding women back in their businesses is their thoughts and feelings. I don't think it's strategy. I don't think it's Instagram. I don't think it's 
a lack of marketing or branding or selling, you can learn all of those things. But what most of us don't learn is how to feel our feelings and how to choose thoughts that actually serve us and create emotions that we want. So this is why I'm so passionate about it and why I'm excited to have you sharing that that learning actually created results in your business. So talk to me about like the growth in your business and what's happened since you learned that skill. Um, so, well, firstly, when I joined it, it was called Double Your Business. And I thought, okay, that's cool. But that's not what I, I didn't hold myself to that promise or put a, put in a revenue goal or anything like that. I just wanted to learn the steps. But Heather, I literally, you know, I tripled my revenue and our financial year is not even over. I've still got a month left in this year. Wow. Triple. That's crazy. That's but that's just one metric. The other metrics that I would say definitely, well, the financial admin and not being behind and having those systems in place, it was just a huge cloud of inefficiency and everything just lifted. That that was a that's a huge breakthrough for me. But then also just the health in my relationships, um, being able to communicate in clear ways and just showing up as your best self and and just being the best and healthiest version of yourself. Then you can be a much better um, colleague, but then also just it made me a much better researcher. Because, um, you know, I I did share with you that I'm so other-referenced that – like I've been operating under permission my whole career and my whole life, really. Or if you want to say it in a nicer way, it's like um, I can operate on brief. I know what's expected and I can do it. It makes me really good in customer service. But as a researcher, you want a level of creativity and being able to push back to a client request because then you can actually reach new heights. It's not only benchmark against what they've already done elsewhere or what someone internally requested. So it's just been, it's really made a difference to the quality of work that I was able to do. That's amazing. And then in Life Launch and Business Launch, we focus on how our business and our personal life can be in not balance, because I think balance is a bit of a misnomer. I don't really think there's like this true equality between both. But there is an integration between the two. Would you say that there's been some impacts on your personal life as well? Yes, definitely. In the way that I speak to my kids, um, in my relationship with my husband, even with my parents, my family, and yeah, you know, in my bigger community as well, the role that I play um, in my community, and you now some purpose work that we are able to do with our within my business, just because of the growth in our revenue, being able to now invest in women in community. Um, so I'm so excited about that. So it's really been transformational and in a 360 degree angle on my life. Amazing. It's Amazing. not an exaggeration. I've really, and it's um, it's a answer to a prayer. Ten years ago, it was November, the anniversary, ten years where I was so. St- like I was pregnant and I was crying, um, sitting next to a vegetable garden. And God said to me, okay, now I'll sort this out. And it took 10 years. And I honestly feel like I've now been, I've been healed. I'm a new person. He said he would do a new thing. And look at that. It took 10 years. It's slow, but it was so steady and true and solid. Wow. I love hearing that. That's so amazing. We're going to shift again because I know that you have a lot of great information about research and how to use research in your business. So for someone listening, 
who is wanting to use that skill to grow their business, improve their revenue, improve their customer service. Do you have some like basic steps that a solo entrepreneur who can't necessarily hire a company to do it, but still wants to use that as a part of their, their process, where could they start incorporating that into their business? Yeah, this is so, it's a good question to ask yourself and you can really be a business owner, a tiny business, the biggest brands globally do this. They invest in just knowing the people that they're trying to serve. Because if you, well, we are all, uh, I mean, you come up with a vague idea of this is what I'm going to make or what I'm going to offer. Um, but then if you have this solution in mind and say, how, how am I going to sell this thing? It's a very different um, slant than just knowing this is the, these are the people I want to serve. So if you really just invest in understanding who they are, what are their pain points and challenges and which solutions are they hiring in or employing to solve these things? And how might you do that in your way um, and do it in a better way? How do we do that research? Like, like if I was to do that for my business yeah. as a coach, yeah. what, what could I do? You're very good. I know you've got these um, sales funnels and communication. So you've got a quite an idea, a good idea. If you've got a, a group of customers who have not at all discovered you or potential clients, then you've got those that are aware of you, but you are kind of in a big ocean of other coaches and other people sharing content, random big ocean of content out there. Then you've got ex-clients, you've got people who've attended some of your webinars, they're all on a different step in your journey. So just firstly, acknowledging and realizing that already makes a big difference because you know that you need to speak to each of them in a different way and you can serve them in different ways. But then just being brave and um, having conversations with those, maybe those that have lapsed, maybe they've completed a certain offering and now they're gone. So just having an exit interview with them could be very useful. Um, and then if you've got, you just want to test ideas and innovate and come up with new ideas, um, we have to realize that we, the people you choose to speak to will very directly influence the, the quality of the information you get. So professionally like me, I would use a field work partner who would recruit people on very strict recruitment criteria for me. And I would, there would be a lot of money involved to do that kind of thing. But you can just use your own network to gather information. But we have to realize that if you just speak to your best friend, she's going to want to encourage you and she's she's going to be bad at giving you bad news. So a better way of just instead of saying, oh, I've got this nice thing. What do you think of this? Would you buy this? Or do you think this is a good idea to start a business around this? Rather, have an interview with her around the thing that you want to offer. So if you think um, you've got a jewelry business, you might um, go to a few friends and say, can I just come to your house and you can just show me the jewelry that you've got? Oh, wow. So just pack it all out. Look at it. Okay, let's group them into groups. Which are, can you group them into occasions for me? Which of these things were gifts? Which did you buy by yourself? The ones that you bought mm -hmm. for yourself? How, did you, how much did you spend on them? How did you discover them? Um, which ones do you have here, but you never wear them? And why do you keep them? And I mean, that is a best friend proof interview because you get so much information. So instead of focusing on your exact product or service, you would speak to a few people about what are they already doing in that area to get that problem solved? What is that problem? How are they currently getting it solved? What do they love about it? What do they hate about it? 
That's brilliant because I think so often we go to those people we know and we do that approach that you're first saying of just like, do you like my idea? Do you like this thing? And of course they want to encourage us and they want to support us, but we don't get that really like objective uh, perspective. And so there's a way to still use those connections to get that information. That's really helpful. Okay. I love that. When you put something into the real world and it fails, you, you don't need to suffer in silence. There are so many products, most products fail or many products fail. Mm. There's even a medium. So you can learn from that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. It's very useful to know what doesn't work. I often say to my clients that if you get a no, that's great information, especially if you're willing to ask why. And some people aren't going to tell you, but some people will. And if you can have those conversations with people about the no's, then that becomes really helpful information. And we can't really do that unless we're willing to put our own ego and our own identity aside and not make that feedback mean something about us personally. Do you see that come up at all in your work where people are scared to get feedback because they take it as rejection or personal, a personal slight? Um, So when I started out, I thought that I would get that, that people would. um, So so I've got this memory, a project that we did in Nigeria. I was so young, maybe 24 years old. And this ad woman, she was so experienced. She she just heard, oh, this idea bombed. Oh, cool. So why didn't they like it? And she was just so chill about it. And that's when I realized, oh, well, you can create things based on an knowing attention point rather than creating something as an expression of who you are, etc. If it's a small business, then obviously you are the artist. You are creating something out of nothing. It is much more personal. But just to realize that you are your famous line, Heather, that you are creating from love, not for love. You've already mm-hmm. got everything. You are so solid and um, you don't need to get all of that out of the feedback in your work. But mm-hmm. certainly sometimes brand teams just, they get stuck on an idea and they get stuck on, they think this is how it's supposed to be. So that definitely does happen. Um, mm-hmm. But the only way around that is to get feedback from real people. Yeah, yeah. This makes me want to give the example of when I decided to shift my brand from Double Your Business to Business Launch. And I was talking to a bunch of the clients on a call once. And I was like, what do you guys think of Double Your Business? Like, is that part of why you joined? And what came out was like a lot of people that had joined during that time joined despite the name, not because of the name. They could (laughs) feel my heart louder than the name and we're like I feel connected to the heart behind this not this brand and that was so interesting to me because I assumed people were joining because that's what they wanted they wanted to double their business and that's why they were joining and it turned out to not be that at all and I feel like I'm pretty intuitive and I'm pretty tapped in to people but we still need to ask those questions and we can't make an assumption. And even if we're kind of on track, but then we get someone's personal testimony, we can take that language and we can take the way they talk about their problem and the solution and what they're looking for and infuse that into our branding and our marketing to make it so much more pinpointed and more effective and all of that is only possible if you don't make it about yourself. Don't make it about that this is me being rejected or being criticized. It's not you. 
It's the thing you're offering. And if you can separate those two, then there's just so much learning to be had through. We're going to wrap up, but I would love for you to kind of share with everyone listening who a lot of the women listening are, they're entrepreneurs, they're, I think, moms and wives, and they have so many different things that they're trying to juggle and focus on. What advice would you give to that woman who's maybe struggling to see the growth in her business, who's feeling a little bit stuck, who doesn't really know the next step to take? What advice would you give to her? I would say if you if you are also one of those high-performing good girls that are just trying to not drop any balls, <clears throat> realize that you can drop quite a few without everything blowing up around you. Mm. Just let go and realize that if you're investing in yourself, investing in coaching, just learning certain things, there's so much freedom beyond it. It's like um, realizing the fishbowl that you're swimming in and seeing the fishbowl and realizing, okay, I can get out of this. There's a whole wide, wild ocean out there. It's Mm. really just letting go of those rules. Or I know that you use the words shoots, letting go of all those shoots. There's so much freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said there really struck something for me that I haven't thought about before, which is a lot of us, because we're high, high achievers, high performers, intentional, sometimes perfectionistic people pleasers, speaking for myself, we don't want to admit that we have things to learn still. And I wonder if that might be what holds some people back from stepping into something like business launch or a coaching program is because they don't want to admit that they don't know something yet. And I hear you saying it's really powerful to admit that there's still skills that you can learn that can make your life easier and better. And it's not a failure and it's not you not being good enough. It's actually you being willing to grow and evolve and change. And that is what's going to make your business better. That is what's going to help you grow. If some Sometimes what's holding our business back is us not being willing to admit that we need help or that we have more to learn. Exactly. And it's uh, when you see a program like yours, you could just see, oh, these are these are the things I need. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just so freeing. And being in a community of people, seeing all of this play out in group coaching calls have found so valuable just to hear other people from another side of the world struggling with the same things as me. And then hearing you coach them through it, you learn so much out of that. And there's so yeah. much grace. So good. Well, thanks for taking the time to be here with me today and push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I loved it. Thank you so much, Heather. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, follow along and give us a quick review so that we can get the more heart, less hustle message into the hands of more women. And if you want to take this work even deeper, come check out Life Launch. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of these ideas and we apply them to your life so you can get the incredible results for yourself. Check it out at heatherborsma.com. We'll see you next week.